0: Happy New Year! I um, I have an announcement to make, and um, uh, last year saw um, lots of uh, churches, lots of Christian charities uh, go under, and um, it's been tough, tough sledding for the people of God to make their budget. Um, your church, West Bowles, um, you all made your budget late last week, and then some. I, um, apparently, um, apparently God has something for us to do yet here, amen? I, um, I know. I know how hard it is out there. But I'm just floored and on my knees, as we just sang, because we have no idea. I think we only scratch the surface, my brothers and sisters, when we try and estimate what God will do when we give of our might and when we give our all. I am so very proud of you. I am so grateful that God chose to partner through you in providing for our church. Thank you for giving eagerly and giving generously and trusting and risking, especially in hard times, that when we give of our might, when we take that step in faith with God, that he steps with us, and lives are changed. And I can't wait to see what um, we get to do with God in 2012. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Please, uh, open your Bibles um, or direct your smartphone apps to Second Timothy chapter 2. Second Timothy chapter 2. I um, Before we dive in there, I, 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 I'm curious. Um, how many of you continue to do New Year's resolutions? Yeah? Okay, well, maybe less than half. Maybe they've fallen out of vogue a bit. Um, um, I think it's a good practice um, to take a chance at uh, a new beginning and uh, to jot down some New Year's resolutions. So what I did, just to kick off the New Year, is I did some research and I've gathered the, the top 12 most common New Year's resolutions, okay? So maybe this will help you out in making yours. Maybe if you have made yours already, you can see how you compare to the most common. They're more or less in order, from the most uh, common on down, although I, um, I combined a few to shorten the list. But here's the top 12. Um, number one, any guesses as uh, to number one? You know, that's on the list, but it's not number one, uh, you know, especially these days. Yeah, I heard it. Uh, it's money. Save money and or get out of debt uh, is the number one Uh, they're predicting this year. Um, I read uh, somewhere where an all-time high, or at least as long as they've been keeping this statistic, an all-time high of 82%. 82% of Americans have have their minds on their money or their money on their minds, 82%. Uh, Number two, and here's yours, uh, eat healthier, exercise more, lose weight is number two. Uh, Number three is uh, to read more. That's interesting. Um, Number four, and uh, I know a lot of you are feeling number four this morning. Number four is to get more sleep. Um, Number five is to stop smoking, drink less, or overcome other bad habits. Number six, um, get a promotion or a better job. Okay, uh, get or keep any job these days, right? Um, number seven is to travel. Number eight uh, has to do with all things school and education. Get better grades or go back to school and learn something new. Um, among the things that people want to learn this year, is they want to learn to play a musical instrument or they want to learn a new language. That tops the list. Number nine, spend more time with loved ones. Number 10 is to volunteer. The latest statistic is uh, 26% of Americans volunteer. Um, seems to me that could be higher, don't you think? Uh, number 11, number 11 is watch less TV uh, was on there. Here, and here's the statistic that will blow your mind. Okay, I still can't believe it. The average American spends 150 hours a month watching TV. That's five hours a day on average. So what, about a third of the hours that we're awake each day on average is in front of the TV. How is that even possible? At least... Um, at least when football season ends. (laughs) Think of what we could do with that time, my friends, with a third of our waking hours. Wow. And last but not least, the 12th most common New Year's resolution is, uh, well, any guesses? I'll I'll have Ryan give you a free drink in the coffee bar for anyone who gets this one. Any guesses what number 12 might be? Go to church would be a great one, but that's not it. Remember punchlines. Punch oh, I should have put that up there. <laughs> that's on Ryan's list. You know what the 12th one is? The 12th, the 12th most common is get married. Is uh, number 12. And, and um, I'll add this. Please, if that's on your list this year... Um, please add to that one please some very thorough premarital counseling won't you I, um, the latest statistic out now uh, reveals that 40% of first marriages end within 13 years so if you're getting married this year or even if you're already married a great resolution is to redouble your attention and focus on your marriage I know that that's very high on my list again this year. New Year's resolutions. Um, quite the phenomenon. Why? Why do people make them, do you think? The, um, the best theory that I came across um, of why we make New Year's resolutions is it reveals, it reveals our deep need to believe in new beginnings, We need to believe in new beginnings, researchers say. One counselor that I read uh, regularly says this We need to know that we can start over, or start again, or start differently. We need to believe that we get more than one shot at things, that life is not always scripted as a do or die scenario. Life must provide us a mulligan or two along the way, give us permission to regroup, recalculate, reorient, and reengage. We have need for all of that. Bible has a great word for that. Um, in other words, or in a word, we need hope as people, hope that, um, that we can try again and get it right or, or get it righter. And for believers, for believers we need hope, we need confidence that, that with God's help we can and indeed will change and become more and more like Jesus, so help us God. And my dear friends and brothers and sisters in Christ, if that's the hope that we're after, a a hope of new beginnings, a hope to become more and more like Jesus, then um, please consider something as you consider your New Year's resolutions, as you consider things where you'd like to be better or different uh, beginning this year. And the key thing that I'd like us to consider when making those resolutions, those decisions for change with God's help. I think Paul captures it well in our scripture this morning. Your Bibles and apps are open to 2 Timothy 2. And I just want to focus on one verse this morning. There's a ton in this chapter, but I want to zero in on one verse and one idea in it. Paul writes to encourage a a very young Timothy and he says this, do your best. And I tell you, I'm tempted to stop there and give an entire sermon on those three words. Do your best. We have come, we have come a long way since God met with Abram in the desert and said to Abram, walk before me and be Perfect Have't we? Now Abram didn't have to be perfect, but the state of the covenant between God and God's people that, that was required, perfection. But now that Jesus has been perfect, the New Testament can come and can say, "Do your best." In those three words, Paul reminds us that the life of the Christian is not characterized by perfection, but instead the life of the Christian is characterized by our best efforts. So help us, God, to obey and to love and our best efforts against sin. Do your your best, Paul says to the original Tiny Tim. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. And this word of hope, to those of us who want to become more and more like Jesus this year, do your best, no less, but no more than do your best. There's more even to that word of hope, way more. Unfortunately, the most common way this verse is interpreted is to say that, well, if we do well, then God approves of us and what we have done. I couldn't disagree more with Paul's heart in that interpretation of this verse. It so misses the mark, in my opinion. It's more correctly interpreted that through our doing well, we prove that we have been approved and accepted by God through the Lord Jesus Christ. The approved is past tense. It precedes our works. We're pre approved in Christ. Amen? One key to correctly interpreting this verse is to understand more fully that word present or present. The Greek word is peristamai. Say peristamai. That literally means to stand beside, to vouch for, to stand beside, as in to show or exhibit. Present works too, but the key is we are to present, to show, to stand beside ourselves really as one's already already approved. So in other words, Paul comes to Timothy and God comes to us and says, Look, be who you are. Present and show ourselves as already approved in Christ. Match your actions to who you already are in Christ. You see, God simply doesn't just say, Do your best and, well, good luck with all of that. And well, we'll see how that all works out for you at Judgment Day. Got my fingers crossed. We'll see if you measure up. We'll see. No. God says to us, do your best. But he says, do your best in light of the fact, in light of the truth that I already approve because of Jesus. Do your best knowing that I already approve. Now, who says that? If only our mortgage banker would say that this year. That'd be great. You know, if I could give you all, if I could give you all a New Year's Day gift this morning. I wanted to have an ink pad and a stamp that says pre-approved. And I wanted to stand by the door, and and as you left this morning, stamp pre-approved on all of your foreheads. That got voted down. Um, (laughs) think you would like that very much but oh to live our lives each day knowing that in Christ God approves of us we're pre-approved he doesn't require anything more for his approval because Jesus has done it all He's already done it and he is doing it and he will do it. We are pre approved. Our sins are so far away from God as the East is from the West. In other biblical language, we are free in Christ. There's freedom because we're pre approved and hallelujah and thank God for that. And so, with that taken care of, with that. Pressure off. Here's the question I want to have us lead off 2012 with. The question is now what? Or to give it a little more detail, now what that you are pre approved? What will you do with your pre approval? Because make no mistake, pre approval spurs action. In this chapter 2, in 2 Timothy alone, we're called soldiers, athletes, farmers, and in verse 15, workers, or craftsmen is a better translation, I think, of the Greek uh, word for workers. The Greek word is specifically someone particularly skilled at a craft, especially someone who creates with their hands. And so there's a hard-working, industrious, persevering group. Soldiers, athletes, farmers, and craftsmen, make no mistake, pre-approval spurs, action, and hard work. Tried to think of some other, I tried to think of some other things in life where, where we're pre-approved. And yeah, I, I, I mentioned a mortgage. How many first-time house buyers you go to your bank and, and you get that pre-approval for your financing, right? And it's got that sheet with that number on it that says you're pre-approved to to, to buy a house up to that amount. And once you have that pre-approval, what do you do? You just go sit off to the side somewhere and and wait for the house to come to you? No. You've got that pre-approval and you should be emboldened. And you should be motivated. You should be more eager to go and say, I can go in there with confidence now and make this change because I'm pre-approved. Another area I thought of is marriage. Um, Gentlemen, since I'm a man, I'll talk to you all. Gentlemen, when she said, I do, you're pre-approved. Right? There's that for better or worse clause in there. Thank God. But when she says, I do, when he says, I do, you're pre-approved. They don't know what it's going to be like. We don't know what it's going to be like to be married. They decide before God and give an oath to God that you are pre-approved. And and what do we do with that pre-approval? Nothing. Nothing. Rest on our laurels? Oh, I hope not. And the wonder that he or she would actually pre-approve you that should motivate, that should make us eager to do all we can to serve him, to serve her, to lay down our lives for her, gentlemen, as Ephesians says. To submit to him, ladies, as Paul says again, because we're pre-approved. And I think God's pre-approval of our doing our best, God's pre-approval of us in Christ Jesus, it too should make us more eager, more thorough, more motivated with God's pre-approval stamped on our foreheads. Because he approves of us. Thank God. And I'm blown away that he pre-approves. What can I do? What can I do? One hurdle I think we face, despite the fact that we're pre-approved, one hurdle I think that keeps that pre-approval from spurring us to loving God with all our heart, all our souls, all our might, and loving our neighbors as ourselves. One serious hurdle, I think, is our sense of our own inadequacy. And the devil feeds that. You can't do it. Who are you trying to kid? You know what's in your heart, so far from perfection, so far from what it needs to be. You can't do it. And in response to that, I think of Genesis 3 in the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve blew it. And God comes looking for them. They're hiding naked and ashamed in the bushes. And have you ever noticed that God asks, where are you? And not, where have you been? Where are you right now is the first question. He knows where they are. But he wants them to acknowledge, where are you? And did you notice? Adam and Eve at no point own their sin they don't give him an honest answer they don't say I'll tell you where I am I blew it Adam throws Eve under the bus and gentlemen you can praise God for how he made woman because even under that pressure you would think after Eve just got thrown under the bus by her husband you know God says where are you Adam while I was naked in the bushes and ashamed, did you eat? And Adam immediately says, it's this woman you gave to me. And there sits Eve, right? Hey! You'd think she'd throw him under the bus, but she doesn't. At least she points to the snake, doesn't she? But neither of them simply come clean with God and answer him and own that they need him. And it's really in that defiance, it's really in that unwillingness to be completely open and vulnerable and weak and admit to our God, I need you, that that sin continues. They're sinning even then. God's response, oh, such grace, promises them in the next few verses that he'll send the one to fix it. And despite their unwillingness to own that sin, he gives them clothes so they don't need to be ashamed anymore. It's fascinating, isn't it, in this verse that Paul urges us to be workers who do not need to be ashamed as Adam and Eve were? You see, God comes to where we are. And he asks each and every one of us, where are you? And you've got a decision to make, and I do too. Do we answer them honestly? One of the things, perhaps the thing, that can help us be open and honest with God and allow us to live in a confidence that we're pre-approved and not ashamed but rather proud of what Jesus accomplished for us one of the things is the Bible and Paul makes mention of it at the end of that verse in 2 Timothy 2.15 stay close to the word stay close to the word stay close to the word I'm going to read through the Bible this year. I did that uh, once years ago, but it's been a while. And uh, I'm going to invite any of you, if you would like to, Now's the day on January 1. You can get started and do it with me. Do you know that you can read through the Bible if you spend 15 minutes a day? I found a great resource. Maybe you have other ones I'd love to hear, but one I really like as I was looking around last week is... uh, OneYearBibleOnline.com. Have you seen that one? It's right there on your screen. You can do it chronologically, and they guess more or less. uh, They have to guess where to put Job, for example, but you can read through it chronologically time-wise. Or they have a different uh, link you can click, and they match together um, things that by the time you get uh, to December thirty-one. You've read through it all. But we need to stay close to His Word. It'll help. It'll help greatly when we know His Word, when we know that we are pre-approved in Christ. It'll help greatly when that devil comes and whispers, you can't do it. You can't. It'll help us respond, oh yes, I can. I can with God's help. I can when I'm completely open and vulnerable with him. I can because of the power of the Holy Spirit that is in me, just waiting for me, urging me to step out. And as Chris Gray prayed, as he prays, to step out and dare to change and believe you can change with God's help. Spend time in the Word. Put that on your New Year's resolution list, whether you read through all of it in a year or not. Wherever you are in reading it, read more. Read more. Take some time with his Word. And so, with the, the hope of pre-approval this year, will we create opportunity rather than just wait for it? Will we see a time, will we see the time for change as now uh, rather than someday when? Will we look for pieces and parts of opportunity, even in the bad stuff, in us, and that happens as much as we do in the good? Will we be willing to invest lots of time and energy in order to obtain what we know is best? And will we risk, even if that risk involves vulnerability and possible pain? That's quite a list of questions. Uh, many people say no to one or more of those things. But what will we do? West Bulls individually and as a people of God in 2012, given our pre-approval in Christ? What will this new year look like when we close it down again on December 31, 2012? My brothers and sisters, you are pre-approved in Christ, and the sky's the limit. Go for it this year. Give Him your New Year's resolutions. Redouble, refocus, re-ask openly and honestly before God to give you the strength and give you His courage and give you His Passion for obedience and love, because if you try to do it on your own, you will you will fail. But with him, the sky's the limit. Step out with God in two thousand and twelve. Or if you've already stepped out, step out even further and just see what God will do. Just see what God will do together with you. Let's pray. Father in heaven, you are so gracious, so merciful, so empathetic and understanding of who we are and where we are. And Father, it amazes me that the question you come to ask each of us is always, where are you? Father, push us, create in us through the passion of the Holy Spirit that dwells in us to step out completely into the light and answer before you openly and honestly that question of where are we? Help us, Father, to give it all over to you Change us, Father, where we need to be changed. Make us new. Make us even more like Jesus. We need you desperately, Father, for this to happen. We love you. And we ask this in Jesus' precious name. And all God's people said, Amen.